while ago, we looked at Stanley Kubrick's Barry Lyndon, a film universally praised for its pictorial beauty and groundbreaking cinematography. Kubrick wanted to depict not just the lives people lived in late 18th century Europe, but also the sort of light through which those people passed. That was, of course, the pre-electronic age, and so Kubrick tried as best he could to make sure that as many scenes as possible were filmed in natural light. Terence Malick's second film, Days of Heaven, is set in the electronic age, but he nonetheless aimed to do something not wholly different. His story takes place in Texas in the second decade of the 20th century, and, as best he could, Malick also wished to use as much natural light as possible. Like Kubrick, Malick is a unique and very divisive director. He has his own devout followers, but there are just as many sceptics, and just as passionate. Also, just as Kubrick was not prolific, neither is Malick, and just like Kubrick, Malick's films are poured over and analysed for their layers of meaning. His first film, Badlands, from 1973, is loosely based on the real-life murder spree of two young lovers in 1958 Nebraska. From that telling, you might think that Badlands is an action-packed, violent road movie in the vein of Bonnie and Clyde or Natural Born Killers. Natural Born Killers was written, as we know, by Quentin Tarantino. And when Tony Scott went to film another Tarantino script, True Romance, he openly acknowledged the influence by adapting the same score Malick had used in his film. But be that as it may, Malick's movie could not be more removed from all three. In turns, spiritual, lyrical, pastoral and meditative, it was instantly and still is widely considered to be one of the most assured directorial debuts in the history of American cinema. But despite the critical adulation, audiences stayed away, and it would be another five years before Malick made another film. However, where Badlands had been independently financed, Paramount Pictures funded Days of Heaven. Starring a then-unknown Richard Gere, it told of Billy, a factory worker who accidentally kills a man in a fight and then, together with his girlfriend Abby and younger sister Linda, flees Chicago. They head south to Texas to work on the vast wheat farms springing up across the panhandle. But they get into more trouble there and more killing ensues. Not completely dissimilar to Badlands. And the same thing happened again to Days of Heaven. Critically lauded, Malick won Best Director at the 1979 Cannes Film Festival 
And where Badlands was surprisingly spiritual, lyrical, pastoral and meditative, Days of Heaven was deliberately so. And again, audiences stayed away. When Malick made Badlands, everyone bar the cast and the art department quit. The rest of the crew, the camera department, costumes, sound crew, locations, editing, they all left. The reason? They simply could not take to Malick's highly idiosyncratic, unpredictable style of directing. Film sets are fraught enough as it is, but what keeps everyone together is the sense that what is being done has a purpose and will end up on the screen. The crew on Badlands felt that what they were doing was going to end up on the cutting room floor. And something similar happened on Days of Heaven. Intent on conveying the ephemeral nature of the lives of harvest workers moving across the vast plains of early 20th century Texas, Malick insisted on filming in Canada. No problem there. Not every film is made where it is set. But Malick chose Canada not because of the wheat fields, but because up at that latitude, magic hour lasts longer. Magic hour is that time between sunset and darkness, and Malick wanted that magic light. And he did everything to get it. And once again, the crew began to leave. They left because the more Malick wanted the magic light, the more he lost sight of his plot. But he went on shooting, determined to get what he wanted. Although by that stage, no one knew what that was. And a lot of people suspected Malik didn't know either. Still, in the end, what he had was footage that resembled the masterly paintings of Winslow Homer, Edward Hopper and Jean-Francois Millet. You may have noticed that I have not used any dialogue clips from Days of Heaven. That is because for the most part, whatever dialogue is uttered is all too often overwhelmed by the images. In other words, the dialogue is all but incidental. Malick's original script for Days of Heaven is available online. It's not a great story, but then again, not all scripts are great. While a script can lay a film's foundation, they are never the finished article. A much better indicator is the footage you get each day, because there you can see if the elements are coming together, performance, chemistry, dialogue, energy, tone, and then when you edit, you just finesse. But if you don't have any of those elements, you do what Malick did. Spend two whole years wading through millions of feet of footage trying to figure out how to salvage it. What he did is what he has done ever since. Write a voiceover in post-production that stitches together what is always a very loose story. The thin red line, the new world, tree of life, to the wonder, they all display the same virtues or vices. Here is Christopher Plummer talking of his experiences working on the new world. The problem with Terry which I soon found out is that he needs a writer desperately and then he edits his films in such a way that he cuts everybody out of them and Terry gets terribly involved in in sort of poetic shots but they're paintings all of them and they're, and they're, they're, but he, he gets lost in that and the stories 
get diffused, particularly in our, in our, our film. I'll never work with him again, of course. <laughs> I mean, he won't have me. All of which arises because for Malik, there is rarely any story. Instead, what you get is something more akin to poetry. A plot is held together by the tension of cause and effect. Everything has a function and it all serves the narrative's engine. Poetry operates differently. It isn't about cause and effect. It's about contrasts and comparisons, echoes and illusions, symbols, metaphors and motifs. Patterns. All of which requires a different set of skills to watch and understand the film. For instance, Days of Heaven begins with young Billy in a fiery furnace where he accidentally kills a man. And the movie ends, after some further killings, with young American men, all dressed in uniform as they head off to fight in World War I. Men moving from one fiery furnace to another. And all this is presented to us in a way as to suggest that whatever events have passed, they really are of little consequence. Why? Because as the film moves along, whatever the story there is revolves around the turning of the seasons, and no matter what happens, the seasons will continue to turn. In other words, nature is indifferent to human behaviour, and we are, to paraphrase Shakespeare, but walking shadows, players strutting and fretting our hours upon the stage, telling of sound and fury, yet signifying nothing. Terence Malick's films are not to everyone's tastes, but it is important that film tell different stories in different ways. Some offer beautiful, steely choreographs by Michael Bay, others the dry, poignant humour of Wes Anderson. Terence Malick makes poetic meditations. We must remember that when cinema was invented, no one knew where it was going to go. The Lumiere brothers were just recording life as they saw it. Then Georges Méliès came along and saw it as something magical. Terence Malick's films lie somewhere in between, life as he sees it and life as something magical.